All right, episode 61 with Supergroup Exile. We sat and chatted with the lead singer, J.P. Pennington. I love this band. They've had so many great hits over the years. They're awesome singers, awesome players, and we uh, really enjoyed this conversation. My co-host was Brian Edwards from Rocklands Entertainment once again. Also, our sponsors, I want to make sure we thank, we have a brand new one, Stickman Clothing Company. Uh, it's inspiration and motivation through an active, creative, and fun lifestyle. This is what Stickman Clothing Company represents. Uh, if you're on the rink, the field, the skate park, recording studio, or on a stage in front of screaming fans, Stickman has your back, literally. Uh, this is really cool. I love this company, and uh, you go online, check out their stuff, stickmanclothingcompany.com. And very innovative, very cool, and I want you to go out and support them. Also, Morning Buzz Coffee Company is a Hamilton-based small batch coffee company. They specialize in fair trade organic coffees, uh, which is the best part. The owners are musicians and awesome guys. We had a great conversation and a great podcast just a few episodes ago. So check all that out, morningbuzzcoffee.buzz on the internet. Also, musiccitycanada.com, great website, great music store based out of London, Ontario. As I always mentioned, I buy lots of stuff from them, and uh, they have everything, recording gear, drums, guitars, they do installs, rentals, musiccitycanada.com. Also, My Grandfather's Fiddles, one-of-a-kind custom t-shirts, treat those you love to a memory of a lifetime. And I always want to say, just go to their website, it's the best way to check out what they do, mygrandfathersfiddle.com, makes awesome Christmas presents. So you check out all the sponsors and we really appreciate their support of the podcast. Also, don't forget if you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. That's very important. If you follow us on iTunes or any of those podcast players, make sure you hit the subscribe button for that. Leave a comment and reach out. If there's anyone you want to hear from, uh, have a special guest request, make sure you uh, give us an email or check us out. Okay. This is Exile. Hope you enjoy. All right, we are here with a member of one of my favorite bands, Exile. And JP's here. Uh, nice to have you here, JP. And uh, both Brian and I are big Exile fans, but... Uh, uh, you guys have been together for just, you know, two or three years now, right? Two or three eons, it seems. <laughs> you know. uh, it's, uh, we, we started in uh, 1963, believe it or not. Um, wow. I was 14, in case anybody wants to do the math. But uh, yeah. I'm, I'm the only guy that uh, fr from that, you know, from the inception of the group that's still here. But... The other four members, uh, the one that came in last has been here since 1979. So that, you know, the five of us have been here, we've been together 40 some odd years. So, you That's, know, we know each other pretty well. I guess you would. Probably a little <laughs> too well. <laughs> so how, how has things been, uh, now that we're in this COVID era, um, not really touring much and not. You know, the shows aren't really happening very much. How are you faring with with all that? Well, you know, there are the obvious negative effects uh, with, with with no shows and uh, and just, you know, personal things with, you know, not being able to see family and yeah. everything that goes with it. Uh, been some positive things, too. Um, I've written over 50 songs wow. since March. And... Um, I haven't written 50 songs probably in the last six or eight years. So, you know, that's, that's, that's one of the good things that have come from it. I, uh, well, it remains to be seen <laughs> if it's a good thing, you know, I don't, I don't know how good the songs are. It's not for me to judge, you know, but, uh, but it's, it's, at least I feel good about it, you know, and I, and I'm doing some, uh, couple of production projects on some uh regional people here in kentucky and uh that's that's kept me busy uh fortunately it's there are projects where uh it's just three of us that go in the studio a couple of guys i trust you know and yeah. um and i'm playing all the instruments on on both these projects so it's not like we have a studio full of people every day 
Yeah. So I've, I've actually, I've actually stayed very busy, which I, you know, knock on wood. Yeah. That's, that's good. It's, uh, it's different for sure. I mean, I think with this COVID thing, it's with, with all the negativity as far as, and not being able to tour and not being able to do all that stuff. But then you, you get some good stuff from it, like writing 50 tunes and, um, you know, spending a summer at home, which you probably haven't done for a while. And, um, you know, there's, that's, that's true. My yard looks good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My yard looks so excellent this year. <laughs> so how, how many dates would you be doing, uh, a year now with, with XL? Oh, probably, probably about 70. Oh, that's and, good, uh, you know, we've done, we've done three since the middle of March. And yeah. the only, only reason we were able to do those is because they were uh, private corporate dates and they were, you know, well distanced and, and, and all protocols were observed for everyone involved. And I, I wish there had been more of those, but, uh, you know, we'll, we can, this day and time we'll take what we can get, you know. Yeah, exactly. Now, go ahead, Brian. Yes, I got some fond memories going back to my teenage dance years. The Kiss Me Walk Over had a whole different meaning to what uh, what I knew about it as a kid, but I certainly learned real quick. And then uh, all of your career all the way through being in the country music industry. And I was telling Darren a few months back, I was watching Larry's Country Diner. You guys were on there. And boy, you sounded exactly the same as you always sounded. It sounds great. Oh man, thank you, thank you. I really appreciate that. You know that that's that's important to us. Uh, uh, I've seen so many acts that um, have been around a long time, and um, I can slowly watch them get bored with their music over yeah. the years. And the the music, in some cases, morphs into something that you can't really understand or or grasp anymore and uh as a as a fan uh it kind of throws me off you know it turns me off a little bit um and that kind of the way we look at it is we look we try to look at it from our own particular fans point of view you know they're they're there and they spent money to see you and they want they want to hear what you know what what they came for we're, we're having more fun now than we ever had in our lives playing music we really are i i don't know how we've kept from killing each other you know over, <laughs> over the years but I, I guess we we're just really lucky uh in that we have five guys who just sort of know how to how to band we've we've never had you know anything resembling resembling a, a knockdown drag out argument uh, which you hear uh, about from you know about so many bands you know and uh uh but we we we're, we're lucky in that respect we we uh, we love each other and and respect each other and and uh we you know we've missed each other since march we really have i mean that's that's hard for a 70 year old guy to say you know but i i've i've, I've missed my old friends i you know, it's like, uh, we're like family. Yeah, you would for sure. I watched the same show as well. I, I saw Larry's Country Diner and, and, uh, you guys came on. It's like, oh, great. I can't wait to see this. And, and, uh, man, the vocals were just stellar. I mean, just oh, great. The harmonies were fantastic. I mean, the playing is always great, but yeah, the, the vocals were just kind of just blew me away it's like oh this is going to be good and then it just over exceeded my expectations so, <laughs> which is great we uh, uh that that's been the thing that we've really kept the most focus on is yeah. uh is our our vocals um because I, I think if we had if we had a, a signature to our sound i think it would probably be our harmonies so we really, we really try to stay on top of that. Um, we we record ourselves uh, really often when we play live, and and painful as it is, you know, we we play it back when we're going down the road to another town on a bus and and critique ourselves and 
and you know we could do better here this needs a little work you know and and uh, i'm just i'm just thankful we still have the energy for it you know but it's it's uh but but thank you i really appreciate that very much and that's great to hear that you know you listen to board tapes and after this long performing being on the road it's so easy just to kind of phone it in and 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 you know here's another show and it was great but to be able to take that time and listen through the set and and figure out ways to still make it better um i mean that's why you sound so great i mean it's it's well you know well thanks we we um you know we we get we get paid well for for what we do and it's important to all five of us to earn to, to at least try as hard as we can to earn that yeah and if um if we should walk away from a show knowing that you know anybody gave 75 percent, then it's going to be discussed yeah but you know amicably yes <laughs> <laughs> we know those 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 discussions are always great <laughs> I, i'm just i'm just glad we could still talk to each other at all yeah <laughs> now as a band you guys really uh are not like all bands where the fact where you, you were the guys who played on all your albums pretty well. Right. And, mm-hmm. and yeah. you know, that's what it's great when you have a situation like that. Um, and then you go to see a band live and it sounds just like the album, like it should. Um, it's because you guys played all the parts. I mean, that's, it's, it was really you guys. So not every band, uh, has that opportunity. No, we're, we're proud of that. Um, you know, over the years, we've had a few guests here and there, yeah. but um, they didn't. Uh, they didn't play anything that we uh, would try to fake live, or they, and, and and none of none of what they uh, the songs they participated in ever ended up being a radio single. So, you know, we were kind of safe in that area. We've had uh, we had Ricky Skaggs to come in and play on a couple of things early on. And, uh, Lee Greenwood came in and did, uh, did a wonderful sax solo on one of our, uh, records on it because their first country album. Oh, cool. But, but no, it's, it's, it's important to us to, uh, to, uh, to, to have it sound like what people, you know, expect. And it's, it's sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes you, you know, you, 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 you've been playing a guitar lick for 35 years and, and, you know, in the back of your mind, you know, there's a better way to play it. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, you, you, you just, you just have to, you just have to play it, you know, like people, like people are, are used to hearing it. And, yeah. uh, I, we're just, we're just thankful that, that there are any people there at all, you know, so. Oh, I'm sure. Um, there's lots of fans out there. Tell me about transitioning from the rock and roll world in the country. Now, how did that happen? Well, uh, it happened kind of gradually. Um, uh, Kiss You All Over was in 78. And by probably the end of 79 or the beginning of 80, uh, we realized that we had no support left from our record label. And, um, that things were pretty, pretty dire. Uh, I mean, we had released three or four singles. They were obligatory releases from the label with, with no <clears throat> support, uh, at all. Um, and in, in the interim, um, we started having some country artists, uh, to cover our songs to record our songs. Um, Alabama uh, cut two of my songs. Um, Take me down and uh, closer you get, which were um, contained on one of our pop albums in that interim period, you know, we were talking about. Yeah. And then, um, those are big hits too for for Alabama. Those are big. Yeah. Yeah, they were. Those, those were the, those were the biggest records as a writer I, I ever had. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, started getting you know a few more album cuts from you know from Nashville, and uh, it just sort of occurred to us that maybe you know that we were in the wrong field of music, and we 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 were getting some buzz you know from Music Row, uh, from some calls and. So we decided in lieu of just giving up and going home that we were going to try to fashion ourselves as a country act. And, um, and it, it was tough. Um, it was, it was hard for, um, a band named exile that had a song called kiss you all over, <laughs> you know, to, <laughs> really, you know, to really open a lot of doors in, in Nashville, you know, it was, it was still kind of, it was still kind of, kind of closed, you know, there a little bit in that respect. Uh, but we, we kept at it. We, we, we finally met, you know, the right people and, uh, and it, you know, it happened for it. It happened pretty quick. Once we, once we made that first country album, we released one single that, uh, made it up in the twenties or thirties. And then, uh, right on the heels of that, we released a song called woke up in love, which went straight to number one, uh, for us and and we had um following that we had i think nine or ten consecutive number one you know number one singles so so uh, it was uh you know it was it was the it was the right move right move for us sounds like it yeah, yeah. and really a fresh sound sound for for country music it really wasn't anybody that sounded like you guys well i think uh I think part of that is is the, the whole self-contained thing. Yeah. Uh, it, it didn't. We we didn't sound like Nashville Records because we weren't Nashville session players, and and every other record you heard uh, in those days was was that. Yeah. You know, was that. And I, I'm not disparaging that. I mean, I love the session players. Nobody intimidates me more than those people. <laughs> I mean, they are so wonderful. Was it? difficult going in and doing a country album did you think that you maybe weren't country enough or you're trying to be too country was it did it fall into place pretty easily well you know we we had a bit of confidence because so many other people have been cutting our songs yeah. uh we um we might have had a, a a bit of a different look with uh with, with the lyrics uh, we couldn't do kiss you all over anything like that, you know, but, uh, but we, we saw ourselves as a band who, who basically wrote positive love songs Yeah, and that's kind of what we stuck with. And, and we just kind of were the same band. We just changed the lyrics a little bit and put an acoustic guitar on everything. And all, you know, all of a sudden we were exiled to the, the country act. Yeah. And no steel, no fiddle. <laughs> no steel, no fiddle. We did have Ricky Skaggs to play fiddle a little bit on one song, um, uh, but uh, no, no, we we didn't we, we we didn't have anybody who could who could play that, and and we we wouldn't have been happy. I don't think with, with that. No. It, just, it not that we didn't love that sound, but it just it just wasn't wasn't us. Yeah, exactly. So let's zip back just a few years when you first kind of got going, you were 14 when you joined the band. So what was that band like when you joined, when you were 14? Uh, uh, pretty you... much a, a cluster. That's the way I can put it. (laughs) You know, those days you didn't have any guitar tuners and you didn't have any, you didn't have anything, you know, but we, we did, we did have, uh, uh, the the joy of playing together and, and, uh, uh, just the raw energy for it. We weren't very good. And, uh, but we um, we we all loved what was coming out of radio. Uh, you know the the top forty in radio, which was in those days uh, was almost formatless. Yeah. Um, you know we we'd play anything from from Buddy Holly to Wilson Pickett to James Brown to Sonny James to Marty Robbins, and uh, nobody thought anything about it. You know, yeah. and we, 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 
we we tried to we we tried to make ourselves a danceable uh, a danceable group. Uh, you know, a band that played songs that people could dance to. Yeah. We felt like we could get more work that way. Uh, and and really, at first, um, <laughs> we we just kind of looked at it as a way to make a little money, you know, a little pocket change and, and meet a few girls, you know, and yeah. neither one of those really worked out, <laughs> you know, but, but, uh, but we really enjoyed it, you know, and we started getting a little following and, and, uh, I just drove by the place, um, the first place we played, it was a picnic shelter in a, in a city park in a town called Richmond, Kentucky, which is right down the road from where I live now. I had to go over there for, you know, another reason. And I drove right by the place and right there it was, man, you know, for 60, I don't know, 57 years ago, 50, yeah, 50, 57 going on 58 places. Still right there. We got, we got upstage by uh, a fight broke out. I remember very well a fight broke out. We got upstaged by that. And it's not that there were that many people watching us anyway, you know, but, but things really got exciting when the, when the fight broke out. Yeah. As long as the fight wasn't in the band. That <laughs> no, no, it was, in, it was in the audience. Thank goodness. You know, bands usually have uh, political immunity. I don't know why, but, but usually nobody, nobody touches the band. Yeah, that's true, isn't it? <laughs> this is a good thing. Yes. So, where'd you obviously, you know, playing throughout high school and and doing that? Um, where'd you feel that you've made your leap from from being a high school and you know a band that played music that people wanted to dance to to something that was you felt was more serious and and doing your own music and, and writing yeah. songs and all that stuff. When did that happen? Yeah, that that's, that's a pretty easy one. Um, we were playing in this, uh, this college bar in that same town. I was telling you about Richmond, Kentucky and, uh, uh a lady, um, who was, who, who, who lived in LA and was home. She was from Kentucky and she came home for Christmas she lived in a town near where we were, and uh, she worked in um, she worked in Dick Clark's office in L.A. Oh. And she just happened to show up where we were, uh, just you know by chance. And she liked us, and she approached us after and asked us if if we'd be interested in uh, in um, working uh, on one of uh, Dick Clark's Caravan of Stars is what it was called. Mm-hmm. And we were like, duh, yes, hell yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I mean, you know, one thing led to another. And just a few weeks later, really, we were, we were on this, this Dick Clark Caravan of Stars tour um, as the opening act we did some really strange amount of minutes, like 12 minutes or something like that. And, uh, we were, our job was to do, was to do that 12 minutes and then be the backing band for all the single artists that were also on the tour. It's a big package tour. Yeah. So, you know, we were there, uh, we, 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 we would, uh, our first show, we didn't know what to expect really. Our first show, we, we, uh, I think it was in Detroit. Uh, we, we got there in the afternoon and the single acts would show up. They'd come back in the dressing room and we would rehearse their songs. They did like two or three songs a piece. Um, one was BJ Thomas is when he first had, uh, so lonesome I could cry. Uh, itsy bitsy teeny weeny yellow polka dot bikini, uh, Freddie cannon, <laughs> Um, Tommy Rowe, you know, there, we, we did like, we ended up doing like three, three separate tours. I'm just telling you some of the ones that were involved, but, yeah. uh, that was our job was to, to back them too. And, uh, in most cases, the closing act was Paul Revere and the Raiders and they, they were just white hot. I mean, they were a huge act and we played all the big, 
all the big arenas. Obviously, that was probably a pretty big launching pad for you guys. Um, did that create some uh, label interest uh, from doing that? Yeah, we didn't. We didn't really have any success on a national level, uh, and then we had a little bit uh, when we met uh, Tommy James. We did a show with him in uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and he liked us. And he he was uh, branching out into producing. You know, by then uh, he he had been you know very successful with all of those huge hits he had, uh, and. Uh, he said, I, I've, I like you guys and I, I'd love to record you. Um, I, I've got this song that I think would suit you. It's, it was a song called Church Street Soul Revival. And uh, he said, come to New York and we'll cut that and we'll cut whatever else you want to cut. You know. So we, a few weeks later, we we were out of our previous record deal by the time. So, so we went up there and we spent like 24 solid hours in the studio with Tommy, uh, recording these two songs and went back to Kentucky. And, uh, a few weeks later he had had us, uh, on the strength of a song and who he was. Um, he had had us, uh, a singles deal with, uh, the big label, Columbia. And uh, they released that song and it almost it got a, quite a few ads and it almost hit, but it wasn't, we didn't quite get over the top with it. Yeah. Um, and then Tommy, the whole Tommy thing sort of went away and, and it wasn't until a few years later that, uh, you know, we met, met a guy named Mike Chapman who, uh, uh, and picked our, our uh, box, box, a tape box off his desk that a friend who happened to know him sent him. And he picked our tape out of all these boxes and wanted to come see us. So he came to Kentucky. We were playing at the opening of an apartment complex. <laughs> and he came to this, this little, this little clubhouse place and saw us play. And, uh, he wanted to sign us to a production deal, you know, and, and, uh, he said, I'll, I'll, uh, finance, uh, I've got this, this song, um, that, that I, I think, um, I think is a hit and I'll finance the recording of the song and, and I, uh, when we get it cut, um, I'd like to take it to a few people around LA. He lived in LA at the time. And, uh, <clears throat> we, he came, we found a studio here in Kentucky and we came and we cut it and I was kiss you all over. Yeah. And, uh, he took it back to LA and he started going around beating people, you know, knocking on doors. And he ended up at Mike Curb's office. Mike, uh, had Curb mm-hmm. records. Yeah. Uh, at the time, and he was also at the same time was Lieutenant Governor of California. But I, I, uh, I, I don't know if that was uh, even legal or not. <laughs> but <laughs> but, um, but Mike liked it, and uh, Mike liked it well enough to sign us to a three album deal. Wow! Just on the strength of that song, we had not even cut anything else. So that's that's kind of how that whole thing with kiss kiss you all over happened. You know that, that was that was in uh, that was in the mid to late seventies when uh, all that started happening, and um, uh, we we stayed with with Mike um, throughout the course of that that whole run of that that record deal for for three years and and. Uh, that's when we sort of in that period is sort of when the whole country thing came in, you know, to our thought process. And, yeah. uh, I, I guess I've left a whole lot of details out, but that sort of brings you up to, you know, that part of our careers. Yeah, exactly. It probably was hard to follow up, uh, 
I want to kiss you all over. I mean, that's a that's a big song. It would be a tough follow-up to that one. That was the biggest problem of all. Yeah. You, you hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Um, I, we, we, we released other songs uh, that were big hits, but not here. They were big hits in West Germany and England and Australia and Japan and South Africa and all these other places. Um, and we couldn't figure out, I mean, they're, you know, those people are people just like people here. Uh, and if yeah. people there liked it, why didn't people here like it? I think it was, uh, maybe, uh, you know, a label support problem again, but, uh, uh, I mean, I, I, I really had faith in those songs, but they were nothing like kiss you all over. They were, they were totally different than yeah. that. And, uh, but it just, you know, it just didn't work out. We, we got, we got to see the world, you know, but it's, uh, but those, those record markets are, uh, they're so small compared to the market here. Yeah, exactly. I think West Germany is the second largest market. I believe it's still the second largest market, uh, or West Germany. Yeah. I should I say West Germany? But, uh, yeah, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a tough time. It really was. Yeah. Cause you, I imagine you feel like you're on top of the world, uh, with this big hit and then probably feel somewhat defeated and, you know, we got great songs. Everything is really great. And just getting over that hump of that, that other big song. It's, yeah, it's, it's like a, it's like having something wonderful and a curse all at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know which was tougher, uh, being told no so much leading up to kiss you all over or being told no after, after. the success of it. Yeah, you know? exactly. Well, that's the yeah. music business, isn't it? Yeah, it is, man. I, I, it's it's not for the faint of heart, that's for sure. <laughs> so, what, what was touring like back then? Obviously, you had that big hit. Um, what was that like for you? Considering you know you were, you know, not too long before that, you were playing for an opening of the <laughs> building, which is a great gig. I think that's yeah, awesome. exactly <laughs> uh, mo- most of what most of what we did early on, uh, right, right when, you know, Kiss Your All Over was happening, where it was uh, opening slots. Yeah. Uh, the, first, uh, the first one was with Aerosmith. Wow. And that was, uh, that was really interesting. <laughs> that was, <laughs> it, I mean, it was really good, but it was really interesting. <laughs> Hold on a second here. I don't know what's going on. Let me see here. Flash player. Um, but uh, it, it was great. You know, and once again, you know, we were back in the big arenas. And yeah. uh but uh, and 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 they they were they were gracious. They they were screwed up a lot. You know they were they were high a whole lot. Yeah. Uh, and you know I, I wouldn't say that if 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 they didn't openly admit it. Yeah. You know they yeah. they wouldn't care if I said it. But uh, but uh, Stephen uh, Tyler was um, was especially uh, warm to us. He you know he'd hang out with us and. Uh, yeah, you got you got time for a quick Steven Tyler story? Oh yeah, story? yeah, yeah. Um, he came in the dressing room, uh, our dressing room, one night before we were getting ready to go on, and he said, "You guys are from Kentucky, right?" And we said, "Yeah." And he uh, he said, "Well, do y'all know anything about moonshine?" And we said, "Well, yeah, a little." He said, "Well, can you get us some?" <laughs> yeah, we could probably get you some, you know. <laughs> so. We went, I think we did that weekend with them, and then we went home. And then the next weekend, we had, somebody had, I don't know, forget who it was. Somebody had procured two gallons of moonshine. Yeah, I remember very well. It was, just, it was just crystal clear moonshine, and it had, and each one had a peach floating in it, right? Oh, yeah. So we took that, and... Uh, found him and said, well, here's your moonshine. Oh, thanks, man. We're really going to enjoy this, you know? So, uh, that was the first show of that run. Okay. We, we skipped a day 
and then played a, a show on the following day. Yeah. And he comes dragging in the dressing room, same, you know, the, the same scenario. He comes dragging in and he said, man, he said, what was, what was in that? Sh-? <laughs> <laughs> and we said, well, it's, well, it's just pretty much straight grain alcohol, you know, when it's, when it's all said and done, he said, well, how much did you all drink? And he said, well, all of it. <laughs> so, so that's, uh, so I, you know, he said, well, I guess you learned something, did you? Yeah. He said, we sure as hell did, you know, so that's, that's guy. We had, we had a, we had a great big laugh out of that. And so did he, you yeah. know, so did he. But they, they were they were very gracious. They were very gracious to us, and they were a great band, and still are, in my opinion. They're they're one of the um, one of the best American bands ever. Yeah, you know, they're they're just so different. They're just so talented. Yeah, totally we were good. thankful to have that run. We really were. So when you were doing the country stuff and started getting the uh, your big hits right off the top. Um, were you out, um, uh, opening, uh, with, did you get on the tour with opening with, for someone then, or were you kind of jumping into headlining? Uh, no, it was, it was kind of the same scenario. We did a lot of opening, especially for, with, with label mates, you know, which yeah. makes sense. But, yeah. uh, we, we did a pretty lengthy tour with Ricky Skaggs, uh, we worked quite a bit with Janie Fricky, who was also on the label. Yeah. Um, and we were mostly doing, um, as far as headlining shows, we were mostly doing um, large bars or theaters. Yeah. You know, slightly smaller venues. We we never really got up to the point in those days, or our whole country career, really, where where we could. Uh, fill arenas when there weren't many country acts then that could do it. Alabama is about the only one that comes to mind, you know, in those days. But, uh, but no, we were back, we were working a whole lot and and it was great, man. We, you know, we, we, I, I think what, one of the things that, um, really kind of helped me to understand that we, okay, we're really back now is the fact that, we followed up that first number one single, you know, woke up in love with another number one single. And that sort of validated, you know, to, to us that, okay, maybe we have, have, have found ourselves, uh, uh, you know, a more permanent home here. So, you know, it, 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 it really, it really kept us busy and we, we're very thankful for it. Were you worried after that first, country number one that you were in that same situation you were last time that, you know, will the next one stick or not? I'm sure that was probably in the back of your mind. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, that's, 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 that's why we were so relieved when, you know, the next one just started racing up the charts. That's awesome. And we, we had a great, we had a great record label, you know, behind us. They, they really believed in us. And, uh, the guy that ran the label was kind of a, kind of a left brain kind of guy, sort of thought out of the box quite a bit. And, and, uh, he, he, you know, he helped us make it happen. It was great. I was going through, uh, your list of albums, uh, this afternoon, kind of prepping a little bit. And, uh, it was, it was great. Cause I went through everyone up. Oh, Yep, I had that one. 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 That's great, man. Yeah, it was great. And it was, it was, I was surprised how many that I had. As soon as I seen the album cover, it's like, oh, yeah, I had that one. Played the heck out of that one. (laughs) Wow. It was, uh, it's neat too, because in that time, you look back at album covers and they mean a lot, obviously, a lot more than they do now. I mean, album covers nowadays don't, you know, lots of times don't even have an album. They're just singles being thrown out, but, mm-hmm. uh, they're certainly very recognizable. And, um, you know, you pick those, it's almost like a little time capsule from 
a section of your life, right? When you see certain album covers, it, it, for any any type of music. Absolutely, I feel exactly the same way. I mean, I can I can start. You know, I've, I've probably got I don't know maybe five hundred vinyl records. You know, in my collection, and every now and then I'll grab a stack of them and and just start you know looking through, and you can you can almost chronicle your life by looking. <laughs> looking at these records you know it's it's really a lot of fun so you you left uh exile in the in 90 is that when you um decided to leave for a while yeah i, I had a young family then uh my children were like uh three and three and one and uh they didn't really recognized me when I came home and that really bothered me. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I had, and we had, had done well for ourselves and, and at the same time, there were a few problems developing at, uh, at a record label. There were, there were, uh, our, our main guy was, was let go. And another guy came in who kind of wanted to, make things his baby and wanted to start changing the way we did things. And it was just, uh, just sort of a kind of a snowball effect that, that, that led me to make the decision that I was gonna, I was gonna step away. Uh, I wish I hadn't, you know, but yeah. gosh, uh, you know, we, 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 we all have those, but, but I, I went out and did a, a solo record, signed with MCA Records, and did a solo record, and uh, and I I, re I I really enjoyed the process uh, very much. It was one of the greatest musical experiences of my life. I realized that I was just uh, I was just a creature, you know. I was a creature of habit, and uh, and uh, Les Taylor and I. Few years after that, Les Taylor and I, who's was in the band then and is you know back now with with the fold. Yeah, uh, we started uh, the 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 other band had folded for a while, and uh, Les and I got got went ahead and talked to them, got their permission. No, nobody was interested besides Les and I to to take an act called Exile out again with three support players and and that was that was hard it wasn't exile and it was i mean it was a great way to make a living but we did that for a few years you know and and then um uh finally uh one thing led to another and just sort of by accident uh we reformed in uh, 2008 uh to do a one-off concert for a friend who needed to help with medical bills and uh, we liked it so much that uh, that we said, "Well, heck, let's you know, let's do another show somewhere." That was fun. So we booked another show a month later, and liked it. And one thing led to another, and you know, here we are. We're, we're back full blown within you know a number of months, and and that was twelve years ago. So wow, it's been a it's been a sort of a fractured fractured history you know but it it's it's it hasn't lacked for interest that's for sure yeah i noticed in uh a lot of your cds you've had a, a couple or two or three of cds where you've gone back in and redone uh and kind of rethought a, a bunch of songs and kind of remastered and um did different mm -hmm. versions of the songs that was that's kind of a neat thing yeah uh in the interim where Les and I were, were, were gone, it's, it's right after I did my solo record. I was, you know, still wasn't in the band and nor was Les. Uh, they did a record, did a, an album. And I think they did, uh, I think they did like a dance extended version of super love. I don't know if that's one of the ones you. Uh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, they did that. And the, the daggone thing was a smash in clubs. I mean, these people line dancing their butts off to that one. Yeah. Um, but we, uh, you know, we've, since we reformed, we've done a few 
outside songs, cover songs, gospel songs. Uh, and we uh, actually went in and, uh, and re-recorded all of our hits. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, uh, our, our, uh, our label, the label that owned the rights to those masters, um, wouldn't let us, uh, have those versions, you know, to take out to our shows and sell online and all that. And, uh, so we just, there was a provision in their contract that allowed us to re-record things, uh, if we saw fit. So we did that. We recorded, I think it was 12, 12 tracks, uh. All their, their hits, including yeah. "Kiss You All Over," all the all the all the country number ones, and "Kiss You All Over." Yeah, awesome. So we'll wrap we'll wrap up in a couple more questions. Um, what 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 do you find touring is like now compared to what it used to be? Um, what do you find the biggest differences for you now when you hit the road and in this era than it was in the eighties and nineties? Uh. I've almost forgotten. Uh, <laughs> it's been so long since we played. You know, I think probably the biggest difference is is in in, in us. Uh, you know, we we know that we're not um, real relative, or uh, relative the wrong word relevant. Um, you know, at radio. Mm-hmm. And which stands to reason we're older and radio's younger and, and we, you know, we, we don't argue with that, but, you know, we don't play to huge audiences anymore. Uh, thankfully we have a booking agency that knows where to book us to where just about everywhere we play is full, yeah. you know, but we, uh, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a bit different, uh, dynamic now. And I think, I think the difference is in us. Uh, we, we enjoy what we're doing now more than we ever did at any point in, in our careers. That's awesome. And I guess, uh, I guess that, that sort of in the back of everyone's mind, uh, is the fact that, you know, it's, it's, it's not gonna, it's not gonna last a whole lot longer. It can't, you know, cause we're the, our youngest guy is 70, um, and uh, it, it, it can't be that, that many more years. Our motto, though, uh, right now is we're going for 60. You know, we're 57 years yeah. uh, as an act. So our, our current motto is we're going for 60. So that's, that's what we're shooting for. And we'll, we'll see what happens after that. I mean, it's, not that it's not that we're going to call it quits at 60, but we're just going to see yeah. where we are if we make it there, you know. Well, there's a 60th anniversary tour being now. planned out. Yeah, not, not many, not many bands can say that. You know, I mean, no. I, don't, I don't for whatever that you know may mean, but uh, you know, we're pretty proud of it. We awesome. are. Well, we'll finish up on one last question. This is a question I like to ask all my guests, and and obviously you've you've performed all over the world, and and you know for many years. About do you have any venues or places out there, or a place? that you've never performed at that you've always wanted to do a show at? Oh, I'd love to do Red Rocks. We never played there in Colorado. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd love to play there. Um, you know, everybody's, uh, everybody's always wanted to do Carnegie Hall. Uh, of course we, they, they, they'd never let us within 500 feet of that place, but, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, yeah, Red, Red Rocks is, is, uh, for me, you know, for me, uh, that, that would, that would be a biggie. That would be a biggie. 60th anniversary concert, a perfect spot for it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to, uh, I'll have to start putting some pressure on the, the booking agents here and see if they can. That's good. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe if, uh, maybe something will happen and, and, uh, by the time we reach our 60th anniversary, we'll be like cool again, you know, or something <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> Oh, that's great! Have you, can you, we? Uh, can I? Can I plug our Christmas song? You can bet. I just say a few words yeah, about yeah. it. It's called, you bet. Yeah, it's called "Kid at Heart." We're we're excited about it. Uh, uh, it's uh, it is written by myself and a and a, a friend that lives across the road from me, and uh, 
we we cut it uh i went in a studio here locally and uh and uh um, cut the guitars and the uh-oh are you there yep we're here okay yep. can you see me yep okay uh, something happened anyway i cut the guitars and uh and les came in and we did all the vocals and i did all the percussion parts and uh and then I uh, had the file sent down to a studio in Nashville, have it mixed, and the guy mixed it, and then he sent it to the, the files to a master, a mastering lab, and they mastered it, and you know, we, in about two weeks we had it back, and we're we're excited about it. It's called Kid at Heart, and uh, I hope uh, hope people will look it up. You know, you can find it on YouTube. You can find it on all the. Uh, all the various places if you want to you know stream it or if you want to download it you know itunes amazon spotify and all all that stuff so thanks for thanks for uh, letting me mention it i appreciate oh, it. oh absolutely and what's the best way to stay in touch with what exiles up to is social media um you guys yeah we're on you know yeah yeah mm -hmm. we're on we're on facebook um uh, exile official i think is what that's called yeah I don't look at it much, but, um, and we have a Twitter page. We have, a an Instagram page. We have a, a website, which is, uh, exile.biz, B-I-Z, exile.biz. Yeah. And you can visit us on there and you can, you know, you can make comments or you can send pictures or do whatever you, you like. And there's, there's also, uh, you know, a place where if you, you know, if you're looking for any exile merchandise, it's all on there. We've even got exile masks now oh cool yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah yeah i mean you should say yeah. i want to kiss you all over on it <laughs> I know. well no you know I, you know i'm not sure i, I wouldn't i wouldn't dare wear one because it's got, it's got these big red lips on the front <laughs> yeah I, I think i don't know if it says kiss you all over on it that would be i hope not because that that wouldn't be that wouldn't be the right thing to say with a mask on you know with covid going around but but anyway yeah we're, we're easy to reach though That's awesome good. well good. Uh, I know both Brian and I, it's been a pleasure for both of us to, to have this time and uh, chat with you. And we're both huge fans and, and enjoyed your music. And, and as we mentioned, sounding as good as ever. And um, we hope to see you on that 60th anniversary tour. I hope it comes to Canada. I hope we can, uh, I hope we can come to the Toronto area as part of that if it happens. And I uh, would love to, would love to shake your guys' hands and, yeah. I really appreciate you having me on here. It means a lot. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. A lot. All right. Stay well and have a great Christmas season and we'll uh, see you again. All right, guys. Thanks. Thanks appreciate JP. you. Bye now. Bye. Bye.